0: This is Canadian real estate investor news. This is episode two for 2020, and coming up on today's show and our next show, I am going to discuss some interesting news items from across the country in 2019. These news items won't be in any, won't be organized in any particular order, other than being chronologically organized, I suppose. But for the most part, we're just going to jump. We're just going to jump around from area to area for 2019. But first, here are the headlines. Eleven owners of a Heritage Hamilton condo building are facing a $3 million repair bill according to an article published in the Globe and Mail on February 5, 2020. The article goes on to say that residents of a boutique Hamilton condominium are contemplating selling off the entire building and terminating the condominium corp as a way to ward off a financially ruinous special assessment for repairs. According to some of the building's owners, studies commissioned by the condominium board show a series of construction issues have created the need to raise as much as $3 million. Because there are only 12 units in the building and 11 owners, even if the bills for repairs were spread out, each unit holder could end up on the hook for as much as $250,000. Built in 1856, the Limestone Building is a federally and provincially recognized heritage property known as Sandyford Place. It's comprised of a row of four triplex townhouses and is done in a Renaissance Revival style typical of this area era, of pre-confederation Hamilton, the row was formerly owned by the city of Hamilton and was converted into a single condominium corporation following its 1979 heritage designation. None of the unor, none of the owners from that time remain in the building, but according to property records, some residents have been there for decades. The current condominium corporation, Wentwood Condominium Corp. Number ninety-six, was registered in 1984. The most critical repairs relate to a balcony on the rear of the building installed by the city of Hamilton. The balcony provides rear access for several units. There's an often broken elevator for accessibility, the repair schedule for which has been the subject of human rights tribunal hearings and complaints in recent years. Under Ontario's Condominium Act, condo boards must perform reserve fund studies to ensure the the corporation has the money to pay for needed maintenance to a building's common elements. When the funds are short, the board can issue legally binding special assessments that owners must pay. Failure to pay can result in a condo board taking back a unit and reselling it. Residents say Sandyford Sandyford Place's most recent reserve study suggests the, co- the corporation needs to raise close to $3 million. An article published in the Globe and Mail on January 31st, 2020, it says that if the average renter in Metro Vancouver were to give up their apartment and move into the exact same unit next door, they'd be looking at an average rent increase of 20.8%. That is the takeaway from an annual Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation rental market report released recently. In October 2019, the CMHC looked at the rents for the purpose-built rental units that were occupied versus ones that were vacant, as a snapshot survey of about 85% of rental buildings in the Vancouver region. Only rental buildings of more than 30 units were included in the survey. Rental units in Metro Vancouver that were sitting vacant were an average of 20.8% higher than rental units that were occupied. Rental rates for vacant units averaged $1771 a month, while occupied unit rents averaged $1466. The survey did not include empty units under undergoing renovation. The study results speak to the demand for more rentals and the ability to raise rents because of the low vacancy rate, said CMHC economist Eric Bond, Principal Market Analyst for Vancouver and author of the report. As the units turn over, landlords are able to reset those units to the market level. And now we go to the main part of our show today, interesting news items from 2019. The Globe and Mail reported January 11, 2019, after years of rapid growth, that Canada's two most expensive markets are decelerating in line with many of their global counterparts. In the greater Toronto area, total home sales fell 16% in 2018, uh, as average average home prices slid 4.3%. In the Vancouver region, sales were down 31.6 percent, and the benchmark home price slipped 2.7 percent. The article goes on to say that the risk, both nationally and globally, is that falling home prices can spill over into the rest of the economy. In a housing downturn, banks tend to curtail their lending to prevent defaults, while highly indebted consumers rein in their spending to offset the impact of lost housing wealth. All of that slows growth and can lead to further, further cycles of decline. CBC reported in January of 2019 that BC, financial, that BC financial authorities had identified a woman accused of acting as a shadow mortgage broker by feeding altered tax documents to licensed professionals on behalf of dozens of people who wouldn't otherwise qualify for loans. The province's acting registrar of mortgage brokers claims investigations into three brokers identified 44 files containing documents that were either completely fake or altered to misrepresent borrower incomes. The probe The probe had already resulted in one Surrey mortgage broker being barred from the profession for 10 years. At the time of this CBC article, hearings were pending against two other licensed individuals. The province's Financial Institutions Commission, FICOM, announced a hearing into the actions of Venita Devi Lell, the woman accused of acting as an unregistered broker by giving instructions and directions to the brokers whose whose files raised concerns. Although officials won't speculate on amounts, or wouldn't speculate on amounts, rather, the fact dozens of mortgages in the Lower Mainland had been compromised meant tens of millions of dollars were involved. The case is one of the most significant the regulator had, had investigated into the practice of shadow brokering, where unregistered individuals deal, uh, dire- where unregistered individuals direct deals fronted by licensed brokers. It exposes gaps in both the criminal prosecution of mortgage fraud as well as the process for, qualifi- for qualifying new mortgage brokers. FICOM posted a series of of enforcement actions related to the case, culminating in a notice of hearing uh, for unregistered broker activity against LAL. The citation against LAL involved 27 files handled by licensed mortgage brokers Ricky Canwell and Prem Singh, as well as an unidentified number of files handled by Anil Kumar, or AK, Singh. According to an article published in the Globe and Mail in February 2019, the financial services regulator in Canada's biggest province failed to make planned checks on mortgage brokers it had identified as risky because its resources were stretched, according to documents obtained by Reuters, under freedom of information laws and information provided by the regulator. The Financial Services Commission of Ontario, FSCO, planned to, compete, planned to complete five on-site examinations of mortgage brokers uh, identified as risky this that fiscal year, which ended... Uh, March 31st. But as of December 31st, 2018, nine months into the year, it had not finished any of them according to data provided by Reuters. During the same period, FSCO staff carried out only four of 50 planned desk reviews, which are similar to on examinations, but less detailed. The findings call into question whether mortgage brokers, which originate 30% to 40%, of new loans in Canada's $1.5 trillion mortgage markets are being adequately supervised as record household debt and rising interest rates make it harder for borrowers to make repayments. Mortgage underwriting standards came under scrutiny in Canada after the country's biggest non-bank lender, Home Capital Group, Inc., accepted responsibility for misleading investors about problems with with its procedures in 2019. The FSCO plays a particularly important role because it supervises brokerages in Toronto, Canada's biggest housing market. It is due to be replaced by a new regulatory body, the Financial Services Regulatory Authority, in the spring of this year, but it is currently unclear whether FSRA will have significantly more resources than its predecessor. The Globe and Mail reported in February of 2019, that Vancouver home sales had tumbled to a 10-year low. According to this article, sales volume in January dropped 39.3% when compared to the same month in 2018, and slumped 36.3% beneath the 10-year average for January. Simply put, the psychology swung last summer to being a buyer's market with consumer confidence eroded. an array of B.C. taxes on real estate, said Phil Moore, president of the Greater Vancouver Board. Provincially, the B.C. NDP government raised the foreign buyer's tax to 20% one year ago, while expanding that tax beyond the initial targets of the Vancouver region. Other provincial factors include what the NDP calls a speculation and vacancy tax, targeted primarily at out-of-province residents and other BC taxes aimed at higher-end properties. Also during the same month in February 2019, the Globe the Globe and Mail reported that Toronto home sales expected to rebound. According to the article published February 6, 2019, home sales in the Toronto region were set to climb were set to climb again in 2019 after 2 years of declining The Toronto Real Estate Board, which represents real estate agents in the greater Toronto area, predicted 83,000 homes would sell in the region in 2019, a 7.3% increase from 77,375 in 2018. That would be a turnaround from 2018 when total home sales fell 16.1% in the GTA after an 18.3% decline in 2017. In an article published in the Globe and Mail in March of 2019, the Toronto Real Estate Board joined calls for Ottawa to modify the mortgage stress test amid falling home sales. Gary Barra, president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, said the mortgage stress test introduced by Canada's banking regulator was leaving some buyers on the sidelines as they struggled to qualify for a mortgage for the type of house they wanted to buy. The stress test requires banks to ensure that borrowers can afford their mortgages even if interest rates are two percentage points higher than the level they negotiated. The stress test should be reviewed and consideration should be given to bringing back 30-year amortizations for federally insured mortgages, Mr. Barr said in a statement. At the time, several other groups working in the real estate and mortgage lending sectors, had also urged the federal government to ease the stress test as home sales continued to weaken in Canada, particular in greater Vancouver and the greater Toronto area. But policymakers were also facing pushback from some economists and regulators who were arguing that the stress test was serving its purpose to ensure home buyers were not taking on risky levels of debt. Evan Siddle, Chief Executive of federal mortgage insurer Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation said in an op-ed article published in the Toronto Star that it is short-sighted to suggest that the stress test is harming first-time homebuyers who cannot qualify for mortgages. The Globe and Mail outlined in an article published May 2019 that a raft of Toronto condo project cancellations over the past 18 months prior to that date had left thousands of pre-sale buyers in the Toronto area out in the cold. The article went on to say that since 2017, there had been 6,350 condominium units cancelled in the greater Toronto uh, area, 1,678 in 2017, 4,672 in 2018, and at least, two th- at least 239 so far in 2019, according to market analysts at Urbanation, Inc., Historically, projects were cancelled for a lack of sales. It was usually a few hundred units every year, said Sean Hildenbrand, chief executive of Urbanation. What's different in recent years has been the cancellation of fully sold-out large-scale projects. The builders have claimed a difficulty in getting construction financing and rapidly rising construction and regulatory costs. According to an article published in the Globe and Mail, In May of 2019, Ontario earned $200 million in one year from foreign buyers' tax on real estate. International buyers who pay a 15% tax on residential real estate purchases in the sprawling area known as the Greater Golden Horseshoe bought 1,607 homes in the region between February 2018 and January 2019, according to the provincial government. The foreign buyer's tax was introduced by former Premier Kathleen Wynne's government as part of a package of measures designed to cool the Toronto area's overheated housing markets. Almost immediately, home sales began to tumble. The tax came several months after the B.C. government implemented its own levy, which also preceded a slowdown. Canadian Mortgage Trends reported in June of 2019 that an unlicensed B.C. mortgage broker accused of arranging half a billion dollars in mortgages for hundreds of clients had been issued a cease and desist order by the by the province's mortgage regulator. The Financial Institutions Commission of British Columbia announced in June 2019 that its Registrar of Mortgage of mortgage brokers issued the order against Jay Shottery, a former uh, registered BC broker. The size and scale of Mr. Shottery's unregistered mortgage broker activities, supported by a network of regulated individuals, represented a significant risk to the integrity of the real estate and financial services marketplace, read the order by acting registrar Chris Carter. Mr Chaudhary uh, Mr. Trottery led borrowers into thinking he was a mortgage broker dealing directly with lenders when in fact he had a network of registered mortgage brokers who arranged the mortgages with lenders on Mr. Chottery's behalf. Mr. Trottery produced altered documents to support in, to support inflated financial information in mortgage applications and provided them to registered sub-mortgage brokers to submit to lenders. According to the Order, Chaudhuri brokered $511 million in mortgage loans after his license was suspended for forging clients' tax documents in 2008—after which time his his registration lapsed. In total, there were 875 deals completed that generated more than $5.2 million in client fees and $642,000 in referral fees paid by the sub-mortgage brokers, documents show. The regulator confirmed it was also investigating more than 20 registered sub-mortgage brokers and realtors who allegedly partnered with Shawtery. There were some reasonably sophisticated activities that took place to deliberately avoid detection, and that includes the use of pseudonyms. Uh, It includes multiple phone numbers and different email addresses and companies, Carter added. The investigation was launched in the summer of 2017, following a complaint uh, from an unnamed source and was ramped up following another complaint from an employee at Blue Shore Financial. An internal audit at the credit union found 15 problematic files linked to sub-mortgage brokers with connections to shottery. According to an article published in June of 2019 in the Winnipeg Free Press, the Manitoba Securities Commission had accused Winnipeg property manager Jeff Rabb and his company Windpark Park Dorchester Properties, at one time one of the largest in the city, with misappropriation of more than $426,000 of funds from third-party owners of buildings that the company managed. The MSC alleged that between June of 2009 and 2015, approximately 50 properties managed by Windpark Park On behalf of third-party owners were billed $365,000 for services, supplies, and products that the buildings did not receive or benefit from. Instead, that work was done at Rab's residence and a number of other locations of persons related to him or otherwise in a close personal relationship with him. There was even close to $10,000 in donations that were billed to third-party owners. It also alleges that Rab and a Windpark director pocketed more than $61,000 in Manitoba Hydro Power Smart rebate money that should have been deposited in, in the trust accounts for the buildings where the work was done. The, MS, the MSC cited instances of work being done at Rab's girlfriend's house a total of $125,620.83 and a hockey rink in Rab's backyard and renovations at employees' homes who were told the work was being done as gratitude for a job well done. The work was then charged to trust accounts of buildings that his company managed on behalf of third-party owners. This is David Douglas with Canadian Real Estate Investor News.